What's up, everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard. It's a late one. It is Monday morning. Um, I know normally I'm supposed to have these done on Sunday, but it's Monday morning. It's Christmas Eve. It is gray and gross outside. Um, so, yeah, everybody's got the day off. Uh, everybody's off tomorrow as well, so I'm in here by myself banging shit out. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for following along. Thanks for all the likes and shares and everything else. Um, really appreciate it. You know, the suggestions and, and whatnot that I hear from you guys are great. Are great. Thank you. Really, um, really do like them. So it, it just helps to make a better podcast all around. Um, so just going to keep cranking this shit out. So, um, yeah. Not much to mention around here right now. I've got some stuff coming up that, um, some irons in the fire I don't want to announce quite yet, but uh, pretty excited about, uh, looking forward to. So, um, yeah, those are, those are some things that are coming up, but uh, big news, big exciting things. So you guys will just have to wait. But um, calendar so far, just the birthday cruise, March 16th through the 19th, 2019. Um, Bakersfield, California, Route 66, west to east, um, see where we get. No itinerary, no plans, um, not sure what I'm taking yet. I got a couple of options. I was thinking about taking uh, 71 travel all, and then that way I had a place to sleep. Josie and I would have a place to sleep uh, if we didn't make it to a hotel or something like that. So um, that's on the on the table as well. I was going to do it my 56 pickup, but I ended up trading that off to uh, Phil Harmon for his scout because I really wanted a wheeler and it was very well built. So it was a nice trade. Um, so yeah. So if you guys have any suggestions on what kind of rig I should take on the, uh, on the birthday cruise, you should, uh, you should let me know. I think taking the travel all has merit um, just for the utility of it all. It's not going to have quite the style I was hoping for. I really wanted the, uh, you know, the, the cruising it in the 56 would have been pretty sweet. But, um, you know, taking the travel all means if I buy something or find something or, you know, it, it has just more potential for, you know, whatever. I could tow something home if I was so inclined. Um, and it's four-wheel drive. So I can do a little exploring if I wanted out in the desert because that's kind of fun. So yeah, if anybody has any other suggestions of rigs I should take, um, let me know. Um, there's a Rubicon run in the early summer I'm trying to put together, but that one's way up in the air and I just, I don't know yet. Um, with the workload and show schedule and all that, might not happen, but just kind of putting that out there too. But anyway... So, today, I don't have any tech tips or words of advice, really. Um, I think I'm going to tell a story. <laughs> and it's a wintertime snow wheeling story. And I'm sure some of you guys can relate if you use your rigs for wheeling and, you know, you guys with your hardcore, hardcore wheelers. <clears throat> might understand this, but 
I used to lead a trail ride back in the day called the Huge Bitch Run. And we called it the Huge Bitch Run because never fails, everything always went wrong. What they were was like snow runs, trail rides, that would just deteriorate into shit shows. And a lot of times that happened because I would choose really difficult routes um, or really um, just, you know, shitty trails, hard trails, or sometimes no trails at all. We would just push through, you know, snow to get to somewhere else. It really was a good test of um, just how well built your rig was and how prepared you were. Um, I remember one year Chris Pucci's scout got three flat tires in, oh, <laughs> 200 yards. Um, but that's because he was running like four pounds of air and no beadlocks. He was just depending on the bead to hold. Well, you know, the snow was kind of wet and deep and you're turning and accelerating and whatever. And it just, it peeled the bead off of the tires a couple of times. So there, you know, you'd have to jack the thing up. Thank God he had onboard air. So, you know, he was jacking the thing up and wrap a ratchet strap around it and do all that and, you know, air it back up. We never did the ether trick, you know, or the starting fluid trick where you fill it full of starting fluid and light it and it explodes and airs itself back up. We were never brave enough to try that, but uh, luckily the onboard air, he'd air back up and then we'd go a little bit farther and it'd go flat again or blow another one out. And it was a whole ordeal, you know, and they always started out, you know, <laughs> everyone was always late. And you never get out of there on time. You get to the staging area late, and then you finally get going. Everybody's shooting the shit and drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes and doing whatever, and finally get going. And I'm leading this thing, and I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be a leader and not be fucking bossy and, you know, yelling at everybody. But I just knew how things go when you get a group like that, and sure as shit, start having problems and before you know it it's dark and then it's really dark and then it's two o'clock in the morning and you're fucking freezing and you're still trying to get out because somebody's got broken shit um that happened every year <laughs> every year something like that happened so we just started naming it that we just started calling it the huge bitch run and and preparing for it like i, I was always prepared like, I, I was the guy that always had a little bit too much shit in my rig, you know, extra axle shafts and U-joints and uh, locking hub or drive flange. Uh, my scout had flanges instead of locking hubs, so I had extra flanges and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Carried 10 gallons of gas. I had all the fluids and what everything. Just had a lot of shit. Probably a lot of unnecessary shit. And... Um, and so, but on these runs, you started taking like extra, f more extra food than normal. Like normally you would just, for a trail ride, you'd pack a lunch, you know? And on this run, you'd pack a lunch and then some. 
You were bringing firewood and fire starting materials and, you know, more recovery gear and extra chains and extra straps and, you know, all the stuff that, uh, you know, you wouldn't maybe normally carry. And so we all started carrying it and, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of it got used. Um, and, you know, I remember, I remember one trail ride, we, we were trying to get to a lake. I think it was called Williams Lake, which was up underneath the Goat Mountain Towers. And they had dug um, tank traps or whatever to keep people from getting up the road. Because it was, it was a regular Forest Service road. I think it was BLM, actually. Bureau of Land Mal- Management, not Black Lives Matter. Uh, BLM had been ditching roads that were open for... for <laughs> You know, as long as I could remember, these were maintained gravel roads that got around out there. And the overuse of the land and everything had gotten so bad, there was a lot of dumping and shooting and garbage and shit. And so rather than enforce anything or, or have any kind of management rules, they just would dig ditches. And that kept out 90% of the people. Um, but... <laughs> You know, people got around them and trails got made to go around the ditches and the trails would just get farther and farther into the woods to get around these ditches. Well, anyways, we'd gone around these ditches, uh, allegedly, and (laughs) we got up the road. Well, the road in Oregon, in, in the valley, they alder trees grow really easily and really quickly and the roads all these logging roads would get lined with alder trees and they um they're real flexible real bendy and when they get loaded down with snow of course they would just fold into the road so normally this nice open road is now completely crisscross blocked with these big green alder trees and uh i was leading because it was my run and you couldn't go you couldn't drive down the road because the alder trees were laying in the road so what you'd have to do is like run over them and then as you ran over them they would like the snow would fall off and they would kind of stand back up but they wouldn't stand all the way back up so you end up driving forward and then backing up and driving forward and backing up and you do that over and over and over again to knock the snow off of them and then to try to clear a path. And <laughs> I remember Carl Weiss in the Rock Scout, if you anybody's familiar with that old thing, the old silver and red Rock Scout, um, <laughs> he was on that. And it had no roof, no windshield, no nothing. And... Uh, the snow was falling into him. He was like completely covered. The, the floor of the scout was deep with snow. He had to like shovel out around where the pedals were so he could use the pedals. And we ended up pushing through all this. Um, and we finally made it all the way to the lake. Um, that took some strategic, like we had to hook the winch cable together we had to kind of daisy chain a couple of us together to get um 
out because you know they kept sliding off and some of us had 37s and some had 35s and so it was a little bit of a difference in traction and, and widths and things like that so but we were able to all get up to this little lake and it was frozen over solid which was kind of fun um and then uh yeah built built a fire and had some food because it was like it was getting dark by then already you know winter time and all that um and uh yeah and then oh man i think somebody in the group wanted to get a christmas tree i think i'm trying to remember i we did so many of these runs that i um i forget they all kind of run together so to speak i think somebody in the group wanted a christmas tree and they went off and cut one down and came back and had it tied to the roof of their scout i think it was phil hines i think phil needed one for his whatever and and he only had like 32s. I think that's right. I think Phil Scout was the was the smallest of all of them that ever went on that run. And uh, Phil's had a lot of work in it. Like he had a Dana 300 and he had the worn full float kit on the rear end and the hub conversion on the front end and the factory worn winch bumper with the 8274 in it. And he just had a lot of stuff in his. And uh, yeah, it was... Uh, his scout was really set up. I mean, it had ARBs front and rear, really set up, but it was only on 32s. It was kind of a sleeper, but when you're in the snow, there's no replacement for for tire size. Uh, you just, you can't. So um, anyway, so we ended up hanging out for them, and then it was dark, and, you know, the snow, it's, it's not too bad snow wheeling in the dark, because the of reflection of all the snow, you only need a little bit of light, and you can actually see pretty well. Um, but my scout was outfitted with the lights underneath and and all that, so it never broke anything. I never had a flat because I had bead locks and stuff. I I'm trying to remember if I ever had. I almost rolled one time. Ended up putting it in a ditch to go around some jackass that was blocking the road, and the ditch was a lot deeper than uh, it looked. <laughs> so I put my scout on its side, but I ended up driving out on my side, and then coming back out on two wheels and and settling down. Um, but other than that, I don't think I ever had any trouble. I never broke anything, and that I guess that's my. I guess the lesson of this story of, of for that is uh, if you build your rig correctly and you are smart about what you're doing, um, you know, your wheeler will last a long time. Yeah, I had the four cylinder, so it didn't make a ton of power, but it was injected and it had an electric fan. So, you know, water crossings and stuff weren't a big deal. Um, it had a full float rear end. I had Wagoneer 44s under it. And it had a full float rear end that I custom made using Chevy spindles. So it had Chevy um, wheels, Chevy brakes all the way around, disc brakes all the way around. Um, and they were 30 spline uh, chromoly shafts that I had Dutchman made specifically for me. Um, they were double-ended, double-splined. So then I had um, drive flanges at the hub rather than, than a, a locking hub. Uh, and then the front was the same way, uh, Wagoneer 44s, full chromoly inner and outer with super joints uh, and drive flanges, no locking hubs up front. Same brakes that the rear had, 
So my spares, all I needed was one spindle, one caliper, one hub, you know, one, you know, that just one, and it would cover all four corners of the truck if I ever needed a part. Same wheel bearings, all that stuff were all the same. Um, I had a wide ratio T18, and then I had the Spicer 18 transfer case, which I thought was going to be the weak point, and I was going to blow that fucker up for sure. And it actually survived the most. I twisted off more drive shafts than anything else. Um, and I wheeled that Scout hard for years. So I used the problems that other people had on previous trail rides and in my experiences of building other wheelers and tried to head them off at the pass, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, that scout never really had a lot of problems, but, um, so anyways, the whole point of the trail ride, um, you know, that's, that's what I, we call them that just because they always ended up having problems. Um, on another run previous to that, my old, my 73 scout, uh, I ended up burying that thing in the mud and I was by myself and I ended up having to winch out with a friggin' high lift jack. I don't know if anybody's ever had to winch themselves out with a high lift, but it is the most, um, like frustrating, irritating, slow, methodical process ever. Um, you know, yeah, I got myself out, but it took like four hours and I was soaking wet and freezing cold. And yeah, I vowed after that, that I wouldn't wheel without a winch, um, which I guess I didn't listen to because my 63 never had a winch on it. It just, I always had my high lift. So, um, but I tell you in the, a lot of these snow runs, man, somebody with a winch, uh, it was a must because there was always somebody buried or stuck or slid off the trail and then got wedged into some trees or something. It just never, they never went smooth. Um, and so that's, like I said, that, what we call them the huge bitch run and you know terry davidson and his daughter jennifer were always on those and their scout did really well um they had fuel injection on it and it had some issues early on i remember um things like that but but no it was the runs were always fun and at the time you just you know you start out with a good attitude shit gets miserable you're cold you're wet even though you're prepared, you know, you're wearing fucking snow clothes and you, all that stuff, you still get cold, you get wet, you get tired. Um, and then, you know, you're trying to help people get unstuck or fix their shit. You're trying to, you know, replace a broken axle shaft in the snow and the high lift will sink into the ground or whatever. And you're trying to dig a hole. And it, it just is a, it just turns out into these big messes and then you don't get home until three o'clock in the morning. And then a couple of days goes by and then you start to remember and you start to laugh, you know, and then every time you see those people, it's a funny story and, you know, it kind of, it's kind of fun. Um, you know, I miss those days uh, a lot. And every time I see some of these guys, it always comes up. We always talk about it. So it's, uh, it's you know they are what they are but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't give up those days uh for nothing i learned so much so much on those runs so anyway um 
hopefully this was uh, mildly entertaining for you. I got shit to do today. I got to change a master cylinder and stuff on a scout and bleed some brakes and whatnot. So I'm going to get out of here and get back to work. So uh, you guys enjoy your Christmas Eve. Enjoy your Christmas Day with your family and all that. And hopefully, um, and if not, hopefully you're working and you're getting shit done and being productive. Um, you know, there's no shame in working on a holiday. Um, if I didn't have arrangements already, uh, for tomorrow, I would be working tomorrow as well. Um, and that's not uncommon. I've worked a lot of Christmases. So anyway, hopefully you guys, uh, can make something of the day and, um, thank you again for listening and for following along and supporting and um, let me know if there's topics you want me to cover, and I will do my best. So, till next time, Stan, Binder Boneyard. Yeah.